A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad that you've joined us on the program today. Uh, Coming up in just a matter of moments, Alex Bosco is going to join us, the founder and CEO of SB Tactical. And we're going to spend today's show talking about the situation with uh, QLLC, the makers of the Honey Badger pistol, the ATF, which has now declared that this pistol is a short-barreled rifle and has sent a cease and desist letter to QLLC warning them not to sell their product anymore because uh, the ATF says they're in violation of the National Firearms Act. Now, this not only uh, has big repercussions for QLLC as well as the buyers of the Honey Badger pistol, but uh, as Alex Bosco with SB Tactical says, you know, this has huge repercussions for the industry overall. And even if you are, let's say, a casual gun owner, you don't even have to be a gun owner. Even if you're a just a Second Amendment supporter or somebody who is concerned about government overreach, this story should bug the hell out of you. Because this is clearly an example of uh, some of the problems that exist within the ATF, these you know vague and arbitrary rules that, frankly, the manufacturers themselves don't have access to. It is impossible, literally impossible, for a firearms manufacturer to understand in some cases whether or not their product is going to be approved or not, or uh, disapproved retroactively uh, even. And uh, something has to change, as Alex Bosco with SB Tactical says. Take a look and a listen. Hey, Alex, thanks so much for coming on the show, sir. It's good talking to you today. Good talking to you, too. So help me out here. From a layman's perspective, um, what are we witnessing here with the ATF going after the Honey Badger pistol? Well, I think if if we're going to start, we got to start from the beginning, we don't even have to start from the beginning because I think most of the people that listen to the show understand what a brace is, understand why it was invented, understand what it is. Uh, I think most of the people that own a brace have been through the 2015 redesign, if you put it to your shoulder thing. Uh, what people probably don't know is that I made it my life's work to get that turned around. And after two years of begging, borrowing, stealing as much money as I could to talk to the right people in D.C., we got that that ruling which was just an awful ruling turned around. And the ATF essentially said in 2017 that you can sporadically, incidentally, or occasionally fire from the shoulder, okay? And uh, they wrote that letter to SB Tactical. We made that letter public and everything kind of went crazy from 2017 till today. Well, what people don't know is that from 2017, I sat down with the ATF and said, listen, why don't we come up with a set of parameters under which we can operate to understand what is and what is not a brace, okay? And the reason a company like ours, like any company that innovates in this industry, needs that is because, number one, the ATF is the regulatory agency. Number two, we're law-abiding citizens, so we don't want to run afoul of the NFA. And number three, we need to innovate. We need to come up with things. So if we don't understand what's what, we can't do it. I mean, most people know if I add that extra hole on an AR-15 lower receiver, it becomes a machine gun. It's black and white. Okay. Well, the brace issue has always been kind of this nebulous area. And the problem is, is that the ATF has always been, they have always wanted to be specific enough to enforce things, but vague enough to be difficult to comply to. And they don't have that right, not as a regulatory agency. Okay. You need to be very specific, especially when, if we do run afoul of the NFA, we risk real legal consequences like losing our ability to own guns 
which is the one thing that all us Second Amendment lovers want to maintain, which is why we are the most law-abiding group of folks that you can find. We don't want to lose that, right? Okay, I'm not going to lose my freedom of speech if I go say something the wrong way. Well, the thing is, Q is making a brace and the ATF has gone after them. And they're essentially saying that you need to recall these guns, okay, these Q honey badgers uh, under the force of law uh, and the parameters that we, we haven't given to anybody, we don't know. And if you don't abide by this, it's a 10-year felony offense. I mean, th this is, it's a scary situation. Now, the sky is not falling, okay? It's not the end of braces. The ATF has essentially said that they, they look at guns now holistically, which means they're looking at things like, like scopes, if you put a scope on a gun, or sights, uh, the weight of the gun. But again, it's vague, you know? Really right. And well, and that's I mean, that's a huge problem. As you say, you sat down with them going back to what, 2017, asking for those specifics uh, and, and making those public so that companies know what the rules are. They know what the regulations are and they can follow those regulations. Uh, instead, you get these, you know, very vague determinations. And look, if, it's, if, if the ATF wants to view these things holistically, that's one thing, but they're still not allowing manufacturers to understand what those parameters are, it sounds like. That's exactly right. And again, from 2017 to 2019, actually from 2015 and before, I've always wanted to understand what the parameters were. I mean, I, we need to come up with new products. Well, essentially, all the times that I sat down with the ATF and I sat down with the highest levels of the ATF, including the director of the ATF and chief counsel's office, which essentially are the people who are running the show, but that's for another discussion. But we sat down with them and with my attorneys present, and my attorney is the, one of my attorneys is the former director of the ATF. His name's Mike Sullivan. He was a presidential appointee under Bush who, who was in these meetings. We sat down with him and said, listen, can we come to the, can SB Tactical come to the conclusion that as long as we maintain the same technology, that is two flaps made out of rubber with a strap that goes around it. Can, are we good to go? And the ATF has always told us in these meetings, in the presence of my attorneys, okay, that yes, that we can do that. And I said, okay, well, if we can do that and we see that there are several other products on the market because I'm not the only brace maker in the market, there's other people. Some people through licensing, some people have come up with their own innovative ideas. And I've said, okay, well, we have, here's our product, okay? Here's these other people's products. Can we agree that, well, we can agree that all of these things are parameters that we can see amongst these approvals. And essentially, we as innovators have always used these, these letters, these determination letters to understand what we can and can't do. Well, the thing is, every, every ABC agency has to have a catalog of all of these letters. So if I'm an, if I'm an accountant, Okay, and I, I want to understand if I'm doing things correctly. I can go to the IRS website and I can look up at how the, the IRS determines certain things so that I don't run afoul of the IRS. Well, do you think the ATF has a catalog of every letter that they've ever approved or disapproved? They don't. And what's worse is that I had to FOIA request. Okay. And I had to FOIA request through the threat of lawsuit the agency to give me those documents. And we have thousands of those documents. And I will tell you, I know why they don't want to release those documents. Because you have documents that with the same product, you know, you've got a pen 
They'll say, this pen is okay for one person. And they'll say, this pen is not okay for somebody else. It, they're all over the place. They're an agency that needs to be reined in. You know, with those sort of arbitrary determinations, uh, I mean, it sounds like basically th there's no way for manufacturers to comply going forward. You, you know, you've got to wait for the ATF. You've got to release your product, basically, send it to the ATF, wait for them to give that approval. But as you say, there's no rhyme or reason to what's getting approved and what's not. Well, the ATF has been telling us in these meetings with my attorneys present, and this was towards the end, this was towards 2019, and we'll get into why I think this is happening. But, but after all these years of trying to sit down with them and trying to come up with determination parameters to understand what a brace is and is not, towards the end, they started getting a little bit, um, I, I don't know what the word is, but it's obviously they're political. They started saying us, submit, so kiss the ring, submit. <coughs> Okay, and we'll we'll know it when we see it. This this was the response from their head attorney was to to the former director of the ATF that was sitting next to me and my attorneys. We'll know it when we see it. This is not the porn test. Okay, there are legal consequences to not following the NFA or the GCA, and you ATF, the regulatory agency, needs to give and come up with parameters. Okay, and now, unfortunately, ATF, you have to come up with parameters for everything that you've approved. So come up with parameters for all the take all the letter, the approval letters that you've gotten. Look at those parameters and let us know if that's okay. Because the reality of it is that a honey badger brace is the same thing as every other brace that we've ever made out there. It's two flaps, a strap. You know, it's made out of rubber. There's no difference there. It, it's it's we're we're in. I've said this before on other interviews, but we're in la la land here, man. These people are their political hacks in the ATF, okay, that are doing nothing other than to want to frustrate the president's ability to be, be reelected. What better way to do that than weeks before an election, drop a bomb with the one group of people, the Second Amendment owners that have always voted for a president who was, in theory, Second Amendment lover. What better way to do that than to piss all those people off and say, oh, it's the president's ATF. He's, he went after bump stocks. Now he's going after braces. So, so you think that there's a, a definite political angle to to the timing of this decision by ATF? It's a fact. I'm not saying I'm I'm saying that's the way it is. Now there may be some confusion in the ATF. It's like the left hand doesn't talk to the right. There's a lot of that going on. It's a bureaucratic agency, and and I don't want to disparage uh, too bad the people that are that are there because I'm sure some of those folks are great folks. Okay, I don't want to disparage them, but the way the ATF has been run has been terrible. And the two people at the head of the ATF are either complicit with what's going on or ignorant of. And as a military, prior military guy, if the top is, you blame the top, you don't blame the lower guys. So the top needs to, in my opinion, needs to go. And I got to tell you, like a shout out to the NRA. I know that the NRA is not everybody's friend right now. I know there have been a lot of, of, of real problems with the very top of the NRA, um, you know, and I've got my problems with those. We live in a free country. We can talk about it. But the only people that have come to my assistance so far have been the NRA. Jason Wienit is one of those people. He neck out in silence. He's not looking for accolades. And I'm not one to want to, you know, I was one of those people that was very angry with the NRA for a long time. But these people reached out to us. They've been told 
they are speaking to the right people right now as we as we speak at the highest levels of political office. And I just I got to thank them man, because it's like nobody you, you would think six hour. OK, we sold braces with them for years. Have they reached out to me? Have they reached out to anybody? Crickets. All of the big boys. Where are you? All of the people that ride on our coattails that make braces. Where are you? Like we need to be standing up as a community together. Let bygones be bygones, okay? We, we are a group of people that all believe in the same thing in some way, shape, or form. And if we can't get together come November, we are screwed. Totally screwed. Yeah, I'm uh, reminded of, uh, what was it, Benjamin Franklin, uh, right? We all are hang together or we hang separately. Uh, and you're right, this is a time to hang together. What can gun owners do right now, Alex, uh, to... to you know, let their opinions be known, let their voices be heard, uh, and hopefully, you know, put some pressure on the ATF to, uh, to to make the changes that are necessary here. So Kevin and Adam at Q had, have done a really great job of posting where you can go to do one click that'll send a click directly to the Department of Justice to voice your opinion. Uh, they've sent, they've set up the, uh, the link to the White House, and they've set up a link to uh, various congressmen and senators that are the ones that are essentially financing or, or they, they are they they deal with the ATF's money on how much money they get and they don't get. Those people need to know. They need to understand what the ATF is doing. And so Q's done a great job. SB Tactical, my company, we set up the same types of links so that you can go there and you can see those on our S, our Instagram account on, on SB Tactical. The other thing that we've that we've been working with and I'm a member of now is Frack Action and that's frackaction.org. And essentially what Frack Action is, is a, a coalition of industry members uh, that are essentially there to make sure that, that regulatory agencies like the ATF are, are compliant to our needs as industry members. Because as industry members, we want to follow the law. But if you don't give us the parameters under which we can work, then somebody needs to come to you, the ATF, as one, of, as one of those regulatory agencies, and make sure that you're doing it the right way. And Frack Action has the war chest to be able to do that. I haven't seen uh, NSSF do that. I haven't seen, you know, in the past, I haven't seen the NRA do that. Um, so frackaction.org is another one of those agencies. All right. Uh, you know, listen, I mean, you talk about the, the timing of this just weeks before the election. What is your message to gun owners who may well be thinking, God, you know, this is ridiculous. Why isn't the Trump administration uh, doing more to put a stop to this? So I want to clear some things up because I've seen a lot of this online. I've seen a lot of people saying, well, it was Trump. Trump put in Regina Lombardo, who's the, 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 the now acting director. Trump has yet to the ATF yet because he's been dealing with, with Russia, impeachment, COVID, uh, riot, you name it. I mean, he's got everything thrown at him. And because he's not a politician, he didn't understand when he took office, I think, that he had to come in and get rid of everybody and put his people in, which is what Obama did. It's what Bush did. It's what presidents and politicals do because they understand that they can find that, that if they don't do that, there are people that are intertwined, inter, interweaved, and into, interwoven into all of these agencies that will frustrate whatever agenda you try to implement. And so to clear it up, the ATF is not Trump's ATF, okay? There are political hacks there that are attempting to frustrate his ability to be reelected. 
And I think that the only way this really gets resolved is if the president gets involved or the Department of Justice gets involved and, and lets them know what they need to be doing. What do you think happens if uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris win in November? What, uh, what happens then with the ATF? Then I think organizations like Frack Action are going to be really the only group of people that will have the war chest to come and try and stick it to them. Because at that point, it goes to the courts. Unless it goes to some, you know, unless it goes to Congress, I mean, I, ideally, okay, we can have a conversation about bump stocks, okay, for example. Bump stocks, I, I don't think they should have, the, look, I'll make the, let me clear this up. I don't think they should have been, um, you know, made illegal. We, we all, and I, we can talk about that, but that's another show. But the reality is, is we can have a intellectually honest discussion about how bump stocks are forced multipliers. Okay, they raise the volume of fire. We can talk about that, and therefore there is a actual conversation to say, well, maybe we need to look at that. Well, braces are not force multipliers. If I remove a brace from a gun, the gun is the gun. Mm-hmm. So there's no issue there. But the reality of it is, is that Congress is the one that makes these decisions, not the ATF. If ATF wants to go to Congress and say we think that these braces are a problem, they have full right to do that. What they don't have a right to do is to keep the industry in the dark with parameters that nobody knows that are vague and then say, ah, I gotcha. And if you don't fix that, you're going to go to prison. That's wrong. It's un-American. It's, it's just, it shouldn't, it shouldn't happen. And the, and the idea that an agency, an armed agency, after having been told by the Department of Justice to either come up with parameters or leave it alone, sends out their armed branch of service their, their, their agents, their henchmen to a company that has always abided by the law and accused them with the force of law, felony crime, to collect these guns based on knowledge that nobody has. People need, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little bit too emotional, guys, and I think you could probably see it and hear it in my voice, but somebody needs to, to, somebody needs to be talking about this. I mean, they tried to put somebody in prison on, on something that's not a law. Uh, they don't want to give you parameters, and they're telling them with a cease and desist letter. They've essentially blocked his business. They said, you can't sell this product anymore in a period of time where I could sell a gun that has a unicorn horn on it right now, and it'll sell. And the government went to Kevin and told him he can't do anything. Well, we're all selling braces. Why did you what's, – what's the deal here? Why are you going to Kevin other than to make a political statement? And you've made one. You've made one by sending your henchmen and accusing this person of a felony crime. Somebody needs to go down to ATF and say, that's wrong. Whoever came up with that idea to do what's just been done needs to be fired. That person needs to be gone. Alex Bosco with the SP Tactical, fracaction.org? .org. All right, listen, uh, thank you for coming on the program and talking about this issue. I know this is not going away anytime soon, so we would love to have you back. Uh, at any point in the future when there are any new developments here. Uh, and in the meantime, man, thank you for, uh, for, for being in the fight and for, uh, for speaking up about this. Thank you so much for having me on the show. All right. I appreciate Alex joining us on the program. We are going to continue to follow this case uh, in this situation, and uh, we will report uh, any developments uh, as they happen. But again, uh, you know, you can go to NRA. You, there's a one-click stop for you to uh, send a message to the ATF, the Trump administration. Uh, and again, uh, uh, we will keep you updated on the latest developments here. All right, right now, let's turn our attention to today's armed citizen story. 
our uh, good deed of the day, as well as our recidivist report. Uh, we're going to start there with a uh, case out of Louisiana. Here's the uh, headline for you. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Labadevil, Labadevil man gets probation after pleading guilty to shooting charge. Okay. There's a little bit more going on than uh, just the headline would indicate. 57-year-old Kevin Hamilton of uh, Labadevil, Louisiana, pleaded guilty to aggravated assault with a firearm, illegal use of weapons or dangerous instrumentalities, uh, and was given probation after uh, he was caught illegally firing a, a gun earlier this year. After Hamilton entered his negotiated plea, District Judge Alvin Turner Jr. Uh, gave the defendant a one-year suspended sentence with credit for time served, by the way. I don't even know. How, how does that even work? Suspended sentence with credit for time served? One year of supervised probation. Hamilton was originally arrested back in May uh, following a disturbance in the Assumption Parish. Uh, deputies responded to a call of somebody firing a gun at a residence. Witnesses then told deputies when the, or where the suspect was located. Uh, when deputies found Hamilton, they found a shotgun. They found a uh, open-bladed knife in his possession. Uh, Hamilton was arrested, booked into the Assumption Paris Detention Center on charges of disturbing the peace, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, aggravated assault with a firearm, and illegal use of weapons. Now, in this case, nobody was hurt. That's good. Uh, so you can maybe say, well, look, this wasn't a, a violent crime. And I, I would agree this was not a violent crime. However, given the criminal history of uh, Kevin Hamilton, I mean, look, if, if, if this case had been referred to the U.S. Attorney's Office for prosecution, Hamilton would have been looking at five years in a federal prison, and he would have had to serve at least 85% of that sentence uh, before he would be eligible for early release. Instead, Hamilton gets a couple of months, slap on the wrist, Year probation, sit on his merry way. All right, our uh, armed citizen story of the day from Columbus, Ohio, where a uh, store clerk shot a would-be robber at a, a store. This happened uh, Thursday night in uh, Columbus, Ohio, an exchange of gunfire. Actually, it was early Friday morning, about 1 o'clock this morning. Uh, according to the Columbus Division of Police, two armed suspects wearing masks entered a Beechcroft newsstand Demanded money from the clerk. Police say the clerk fatally shot one of the suspects during an exchange of gunfire. The other suspect fired shots as well, striking the clerk and a customer before running from the scene. The robber, uh, robbery suspect that was fatally shot identified as 19-year-old Juan A. Hawkins Payne. The uh, clerk and the customer both treated and released from local hospitals, so thankfully their injuries are uh, not severe. The other robbery suspect, 20-year-old Dathan Jones, arrested according to police. He has now been charged with murder. Uh, in the death of his alleged accomplice, as well as uh, he, he will soon be facing attempted robbery charges, uh, I'm guessing, as well, there in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and finally today, our good deed of the day from Brockton, Massachusetts, where the police chief actually came to the aid of a choking three-month-old child. And this is a, a scary situation for the mom here. Julia Ledger said her uh, baby, Audrey, was struggling to breathe, so she called 911. Uh, she said, I heard a big scream. I ran to my mom and she was holding my daughter. She couldn't breathe. She had mucus coming out of her mouth and her nose. 911 dispatcher uh, alerts, uh, you know, all available units. Closest uh, on the scene actually was Chief Manny Gomez. Uh, he said, I don't know of any more urgent call than that. He said, this mobilizes the entire city. 
Everyone's going. Scariest call you can get as a police officer. Uh, Gomes was able to perform back blows on the three-month-old child and used his finger to clear her mouth in order to uh, get her airway uh, unobstructed. Audrey uh, quickly became alert, started breathing again. Her mom says, I thank God, I thank the chief. I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have my daughter. I still have my baby girl. I could have been leaving this hospital without her. I am very, very thankful. So in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Chief Manny Gomez there in Brockton, Massachusetts, we thank you for your very good deed. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I hope that you have a fantastic weekend. Unless I get to an indoor range somewhere, I'm probably not going to be able to uh, do any plinking this weekend as we're supposed to get dumped on with rain, but, uh, but that's okay. I'll save my ammo for a sunny day. Hope that you get the opportunity to maybe head out and uh, exercise your Second Amendment rights safely and responsibly. We'll be back Monday with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. But in the meantime, be well, be safe, be free. We'll see you soon with another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company.